We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app welcome everyone you are listening to steel talking i am your host geraldine steel it is what i love to do is be here with you tonight every sunday night and you have really buoyed me here at WCCO, always giving me advice and supporting me. And um, I just am so, so grateful for every one of you. Um, I have to tell you that I'm really excited about our show tonight. Of course, Jonathan Lois joining us. He's back. Hey, Jonathan. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> All right. The twins won. Tell us about it. They did. They uh, had a very wild series in Texas, very Close games, but a lot of runs scored, and they got out to an early lead, gave that lead up, and then got another lead and held on for dear life and beat Texas 6-5. to five. And they are still uh, up in the division, I believe, three and a half games over Cleveland, who lost today. So that was a good result as well. And the Twins will have tomorrow off, and then they will start a two-game series on Tuesday here at Target Field against... Uh, their I-94 brethren, who are now the National League brethren, not the American League brethren of all. The Milwaukee Brewers will be in town. Right. So the the Suds, the Suds guys will be in town. <laughs> you know, I, I love the passion in your voice when you talk about sports. I mean, this is who you have been for a long time. You've been hiding, and now all of a sudden we are really hearing so much. Oh, no, no, you. no. I haven't been hiding. No, no, well, no. What now I mean is that, that you've... What I mean is that you now are doing so much more, and I love hearing you when you're you know, telling us all about who won and who didn't and how it happened and what big thing happened in that game. I mean, it's really great. So oh, thank you. I think you get to do more and more. I really do. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, what has been happening in politics. You and I have not talked politics for a long time because if I'm not mistaken, you're not that guy that really loves talking about politics am i right i'm not the biggest uh, I, I will say this the 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 person that you would talk to and their their head is in politics like my head would be in sports they're called a wonk they're called a, po- a political wonk i am nowhere near a wonk i follow a bit but if you're telling me to get into the nuts and bolts of stuff and to get amped up about it eh, it's not my forte Okay, like so many Americans and so many Minnesotans, you know, they really don't like to comment too much about the midterms, you know, when you have to vote and when you should be voting. But if it's a presidential election, oh, my gosh, so many people have so much to say in their conversations in homes and on, you know, benches outside on the edge of a lake. You name it, people are having those conversations. Is it that 
are you that same type of person? Do you pay attention to to both of those um, elections, or do you say to yourself, "Hey, it's the presidential election that's most important to me"? No, I I have over the years have grown to appreciate the midterms. I try to vote every year because I know that there are items to be voted on every year. You may not have a congressional race, you may not have a senatorial race, but you may have a mayoral race. You may have initiatives that need to be put on the ballot. So I try to get out there and vote every year. Um, But the years off of these, I guess you would call them the odd years, because they're the years off of the presidential elections or the years off of the midterms, they kind of sneak up on you a little bit. They're not as they're not as pronounced. They're not as oh, they're not as in your face right. as as you know Congress and the Senate and the presidency and all the state races, the governorship and all that stuff. So I, uh, especially with the midterms, what I have come to learn is that those races are extremely important because no matter what happens in your state, if you're looking to get something done at a federal level, if you're looking to get stuff passed and uh, get resources sent to your state or to your locality or whatever, those those races are really important because it it, it not only gives you the – the power or the responsibility, I guess you want to call it, to pass different different items, but it, it shifts the balance of the the philosophical debate, the philosophical power, and that's important when it comes to legislation, when it comes to judges, as you've talked about for years and years and years, judges, and getting those uh, those people in office, and so the midterms have importance; they have a lot of importance to them. They do indeed. In fact, you know, we're watching um, the bits and pieces that have been left over from the last election. And people are still ticked off in certain states and certain cities and certain communities. And they are letting it know. They're getting out into the streets. And then there are those who are quietly thinking about it, going, should I really vote this year? And why should I? I mean, look at what happened with the rent event um, when they were voting on that in St. Paul. Uh, the people made it clear that they wanted to correct things when it came to renting, and then all of a sudden it was taken away. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't even know how that's legal for them to be able to do that. If the people says yes, the people say yes. It's supposed to be we vote, and whomever wins, that's the one that has the, that won, period. But now we're starting to see something that's creeping in to voting and creeping into our heads and minds and hearts. It's really all about, okay, does my vote really count? Does it really count? Are you asking that question? Well, it's it's funny you mentioned the rent control, uh, the rent stabilization ordinance. Uh, I'm looking this up on Google as we're, as we're talking right now. And the... I'm trying to remember when it was. I'm trying to get the right story up here. Uh, a Senate com- So, yeah, Minnesota Senate committee, this was back in March, voted to cancel the rent control ordinances in Minneapolis and St. Paul. So there's all this talk. And, again, this is, this is more on the hypocritical side than anything. But there's all this talk about the 2020 presidential election and how – Ordinances and and legislation needs to be passed 
because people don't trust how the vote was cast. You know, people in maybe in rural areas or people on the conservative side did not trust how the votes were were gathered in that election. But here you have something where the people of a city, the two cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, the capital voted, city, by the way, right, voted on these issues in November, last November, and they voted to pass these issues. But then you have the state coming in and saying, and, and again, not the whole legislature of the state, a committee in the Republican-controlled Senate and the conservative-controlled Senate overturning what was the will of the people. So wait, on one hand, you're saying that, oh, people don't trust elections. We need to change them. But then on the other hand, like, oh, the people voted for something that we didn't really think was going to happen or we didn't really like to have happen in these cities. So there we're just you gonna, go. We're just there gonna, you go. We didn't really like. Let's just yeah. stick with that. We didn't really like what happened, so we're going to change it. This is, this is why is people don't trust politicians. People? This is why people don't trust politicians. This is why. It's just so crazy to me. The phone lines are open, by the way. We're going to continue this through the 720 um, uh, time as well. So all you have to do is call 651-461-9226. That's 651-461-9226. Now, many of you may be thinking and saying, Geraldine, why are you revisiting this? It's over with. It shouldn't be over with. I am so frustrated about voting. And on one side, you hear voting is so important, we have to get out and vote. But if people can, if the legislature, the local legislature, right, the state legislature can change their minds or or change our minds and just go, yeah, what you voted, it doesn't matter. We're going to change that and make it a no. How How in hell does that work? I tell you, some folks are going to, Dante is going to have to create more layers and levels of hell for so many people. I just don't understand this, this how is, they can do this. And this is what makes it a little bit more frustrating for me personally. And you could go to whatever argument you want to talk about when you're talking about a federal government passing laws for the entire country versus states' rights. And everybody that's on the states' rights side of this argument, we'll talk about how you have people that are voting in, voting in their, their legislatures, their their representatives, and getting the vote out. Well, wait a minute. So you're telling me that we, in a state's right argument, we can't have something or we shouldn't have something that is overseeing what the country does, but the state can oversee what the county does. The state can oversee what the local municipality does. So you're so people you hear people all the time talking about how in this state in Minnesota they don't want to be run specifically and solely by Hennepin and Ramsey counties. They don't mm-hmm. want to be run by the the large populous area. There's so many more people outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul and the suburbs, outside of the 694-494 loop that need to be heard. But at the same time, okay, so what do you do when you have the state come in and legislate something that people in Crow Wing County or Sherburne County or Lesore County or uh, Jackson County wanted to vote it on and wanted to have set up on their own? They they wanted an ordinance that was strictly county, and in certain counties, you know, maybe Blue Earth versus. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm thinking of cities like Austin versus Al- Albert Lee. 
those two cities have different things. Don't they want to control what's going on in their local municipalities? There's what level do we put it at where the control goes? Where do exactly. we put the control? Exactly. So the phone number is 651-461-9226 if you want to call in and give me your take on this because I'm still so bothered by it. And my my concern, gigantic concern, is that this could be the beginning of changing all of our laws. I mean, as we've already learned uh, since COVID, we have learned that this whole constitution that we have has been... Uh, revisited, revised so many times. And a lot of us don't pay attention to it. I don't constantly check to see, okay, who's interpreting the Constitution today. I don't do that. But I sure need to start. Because our Constitution is the one thing we have, right, that, that makes clear what order is. And then the lawyers come forward and go, well, it's not as clear as you think it is. You know, it's just not as clear. We got to take a break. But when we come back, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can either text us or call us at the same number, 651-461-9226. We'll be back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, the phone lines are open at 651-461-9226, and that song is called Scream for a Reason. It makes me just kind of bump my head up against the wall a few times, and then I feel better about it. Welcome back. We do have a caller on the line talking about um, what is it that we're doing um, here, trying to make sure that that we vote and our votes really matter. And then, of course, our legislature um, in in, <laughs> in the capital a city of St. Paul, Minnesota, has decided, as you well know, to take away the whole rent idea. They, we voted or they voted in St. Paul. And of course, yes was the answer. And then the yes vote was taken away by the legislature. And of course, they just went, no, 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 we we, we disagree with that. So never mind. You voted for it, but no, we're going to throw it out. So let's go over to Gary, who's calling from Brooklyn Park. Hey, Gary. Hey, how you doing, Jalen? You know, I think I'm doing all right, man. You called and I'm smiling. So thank you so much for that. What is your take on this? Well, my comment is that I believe that this midterm election is the most important midterm election that we've ever had. Ever. And I say that because of the abortion issue and because of the gun control and the violence that we have here in the city. I think this mid midterm election is just as important as the presidential elections are. Yeah, it always has been. It's just that so many people think, oh, you mean the president is, is running right now? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're talking about local, local politics, because all politics are local, really. So we you're have, absolutely we have right. To get out and vote. 
We have to get out and vote. But are you at all concerned about not having your vote to be your vote? Like someone throwing it out for you, even though you don't want that. If they threw it out, what would you do? I think that now that that's going to be a little less of a problem. Uh, I know what you're talking about with the thing in St. Paul, and I understand that. I think that's wrong because the people did vote in Minneapolis on the rent issue, and they wanted it, and now the legislature is changing it. There's there's some problems with that, and again, that may be because we need to vote these people out of office to make some of these changes. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in, Gary. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jalen. You're welcome. Take care. And by the way, everyone, bottom line is, if we don't say something, if we don't fight back, and, and fighting back, Jonathan, is the real problem. How do we fight back successfully? This is, the, <laughs> this is where it gets dicey. Right. Because, because okay, there's the rhetoric, and then there's the, um, the actuality, I guess. The rhetoric is, and it will be spun every which way. Whenever you say, we got to fight back, wait a minute, you can't say fight back. That's what happened on January 6th. And if you think January 6th was awful, then why would you promote fighting back and all this? And It will be spun in so many ways that it will uh, it'll make your eyes fall out. Um, it'll make your ears curl up and never be able to, to hit, listen to sound again. That's how odious... The spin can be. Um, the actuality is, and this is this is where I am not going to be forceful on anybody else as far as getting your vote out. Get your vote out, yes, but how you should vote, why you should vote, all this stuff. I, sh- I say you should vote. I say you should have a voice, and a, and a vote is a voice. But this country is so melded together with so many different philosophies and so many different backgrounds of people, the way that things have become polarized, it's going to be tough to get people to calm the bleep down. We've been polarized for a long time. I know. We really have, right? And that's why this has been a snowball that has been building for decades at this point. And when the snowball continues to roll and build – it's going to be tough to stop it, and if you try to get in the way, you probably possibly could get flattened. I don't worry about that. I, what I'm concerned about is the votes not being counted, or you know, they count them and then they, they say, "Oh no, 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 they voted this way. They didn't really mean that. <laughs> We're going to take that away from that that particular zip code or that particular whatever." I, I'm very concerned about it, and it feels as though we've already forgotten about the rent control. Um, you know, and, and to yeah, know no, that and, that and, they canceled the whole thing, and and how do they have that right? Where is that in our state constitution? Well, this is and and so I found when I was reading that article from March, that was the con- committee passing the vote to overturn onto the full Senate. I believe it was in April when the full Senate got it and worked on overturning it. And you've got people talking about from from the conservative side of the aisle talking about how this was uh, the voters got it wrong 
Let me let me see if I can find I that mean, exact. Just, just to say those words, just to say those words, it, it's just creepy to me. Who says that? So this was Senator. This wrong. was Senator Eric Pratt from Prior Lake, mm-hmm. uh, a Republican senator, state senator from Prior Lake, uh, talking back in late April when the floor was debating this. He says sometimes the voters get it wrong. Sometimes the voters should not be voting on something. To me, this is a constitutional issue. This is about the value of property rights. Dante is going to add at least five more levels to hell. Let's just put it that way. All right, we got to take a break, do some weather, and we'll come back with my first guest, Dr. Joshua Buckler. We're going to talk about heat stroke and what that really means. Most people think it's just for the elderly, but not so. We'll be back in a moment. It is now 7.35 here at WCCO. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. Now, we're going to talk about heat stroke tonight. And why? Because it can affect anybody. Let me say that one more time. Heat stroke can affect anyone. But for the elderly and those with a pre-existing heart condition, the risk of heat exhaustion or a heart attack is, is even greater. So here to tell us more about those risks and how to stay safe in the heart in the heat is cardiologist Dr. Joshua Buckler with the Alina Health Minneapolis Heart Institute. Welcome, Dr. Buckler. How are you? I'm fine, Gerilyn. How are you? I'm doing well. How often um, do you really get concerned about heat stroke? Um, especially here in Minnesota, we have um, our, our weather is so strange sometimes. But when it comes to this type of heat that we've been having, it's frightening for those of us who are caregivers for our parents or friends or neighbors. Absolutely. And I think part of the problem is is that it can sneak up on us so rapidly. You know, as you mentioned, our, our weather has been fluctuating, and I think we get complacent a bit when it, the weather's been nice and don't realize that the very hot weather poses some very serious risks, you know, particularly to the elderly, as you mentioned, and to patients with heart disease. Um, right, exactly. You know, when it's, yeah. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, oh, I, no, I was just going to say that, you know, the issues we run into w- with folks largely has to do with the fact that we can often be unprepared. The main way the body compensates for overcoming the hot weather is to release the heat towards our skin. So in order to, to not become overheated, we have to be able to pump enough blood flow out towards the skin to release that heat. That's how, you know, dogs, they pant. The humans, we release our heat through our skin. But for patients with heart disease, that could be a challenge. And that can make the heart have to work overtime and not be able to pump enough of the heat towards the skin so that we can become overheated very, very easily. How quickly can we, um, like, feel the heat um, and, and to know that it's rising? Like, one day, you know, even though I have tinted windows in my car and they're not very tinted, very slightly tinted, my arm started to burn and sweat as I'm driving. Now, this is when I initially jumped into the car. The car was very hot. I turned it on. I tried to turn on the air conditioner. It took a little bit to get it up there. But my my arms started sweating, and it was painful. And so I had to turn the air way up. Is that something to be concerned about? Because we always think of our full bodies being engaged in a heat stroke. But could it be just certain sections of it? Not typically. I mean, I think for, for heat stroke, the whole body is, needs to be exposed. There are certainly are other risks in those situations, uh, like skin cancer and sunburn that could be causing. We see this in, in truck drivers quite a bit who often drive with you know, one side to the sun quite a bit. 
But really, you know, if you're able to moderate the overall temperature in the vehicle so that your body can release that heat, one small area of your body being exposed shouldn't cause you any issues. I was really surprised to read about the early signs of heat overload or heat exhaustion. And some of it is tired, nauseated, lightheaded, or dizzy, um, and that your breathing may increase. Can you tell me about the breathing? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of this has to do with the dehydration that occurs very early on in, in heat stroke. And any time that the heart is having to work overtime, you can, one of the symptoms we see with that is, is breathlessness or shortness of breath. And so you can imagine, we, we often like to think of the heart and the lungs, you know, we talk about them almost as separate entities, but it's all one system, right? So the heart has got to pump blood flow into the lungs and the lungs have to operate to be able to um, give oxygen. Well, as you get over, heat overloaded and you start to become dehydrated and the heart has to work overtime, it can give you a sense of breathlessness because the system's having to work too hard. As you know, since COVID, we've had so many challenges with brain fog and so much more. How does heat affect us after a pandemic or an epidemic? I mean, are, are, are the things that we're talking about now things that should be considered underneath the COVID pandemic, the pandemic that makes this even worse for this year? I don't know that it necessarily makes us worse. I mean, I think we are continuing to learn more things as as all of the downstream uh, effects of COVID become to light. I don't know that we know that there's definitively a, a an, an additional risk. That being said, we do have a lot more patients with long COVID who are short of breath even at baseline and are probably are, are sicker than they were before they went into the pandemic. There are patients who gained weight. There are patients with more heart disease. I mean, we are seeing people overall are overall sicker than they were pre-pandemic. So I think if you talk about the fact that in order for the heart and the body to optimize, to work optimally, it, you know, there are things that make it harder. So ex- carrying excess weight, having underlying heart disease, having underlying lung disease. So I think overall the, the sickness that we see from COVID probably indirectly relates to um, some increased risks for, to heat stroke. So then what are, what are ways we can deal with heart conditions and be proactive about this whole heat stroke? Well, I think the first thing with heat stroke is to recognize that it can come on very quickly. So, you know, if you can be out in, in, in a really intense heat, especially when the humidity is high and the body can't evaporate uh, sweat like it would to help cool, it can come on very quickly. And so you need to stay cool. Uh, especially for patients with heart disease and the elderly, they need to stay uh, indoors when it's during the hottest parts of the day. If you are going to be outside, make sure you wear loose-fitting co- uh, clothing. Make sure that you are staying hydrated. Um, if you can help out the folks in your family who are at higher risk, maybe your your parents or your grandparents, by helping them during the hottest part of the day, you know, do the work that they normally would go outside to do. Um, that can help. If you're feeling overheated. Make sure, definitely make sure you're inside in a cool area of the house, set up a fan or an air conditioner, and you can even take a cool shower to help alleviate some of that heat. 
That is so true. <laughs> I've had to do that before. You know, because a lot of times when you're out in the sun and, and it's really hot and humid, you know, you're having such a great time at a park with your children or something like that, you don't realize how high it's getting. You know, it's not like we have a thermometer with us often, right? <laughs> so how do you even right, know exactly. when you've gotten to that point? How, how do we say to ourselves, oh, wait a minute, I'm too hot, I'm too warm, right? I'm, I'm not sweating enough. Right. So that's a great question because part of the problem is by the time you start having symptoms of heat stroke, you're pretty far along. And so prevention is the most critical piece here is to make sure that you're staying adequately hydrated, make sure that you are staying in some shade when it's really hot out. And, and pay attention to the, to the warnings, the weather warnings that are out there about the heat index and, and try to avoid going out in those days when it's the hottest. I know we all, you know, we live through the winter here so that we can get to summer and enjoy it the most we can, and no one wants to miss a day of summer. But, you know, if you end up getting yourself sick by being exposed to heat stroke, you're going to miss more summer than you would if you just played it safe. If you're burning up and you're sweating or not sweating, um, do you come indoors and get into the air conditioning to cool down? Is that the, one of the best things we can do? That's what I recommend is that people get inside, make sure they rehydrate, make sure they get inside in front of a fan maybe. And like I said before, you know, a cool shower can help as well. All right. So then tell me where we can learn more about this from Alina. So you can actually Google search um, uh, uh, Alina Health Heat Stroke Awareness. It's a very nice piece that was done by our group uh, right on the Alina website that can, can provide more information. Well, this is really great information, Doctor. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. This is Dr. Joshua Buckler from Alina um, Health Minneapolis, their Heart Institute, and we really appreciate you joining us tonight. And if we ever need an update, I sure hope we can call on you again. Anytime. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. So that's the whole deal, everyone. It really is about making sure you stay, um, pay attention to what heat really feels like. You know, a lot of us will go, man, it's hot outside, and ooh, I'm really sweating, and, you know, or some people say, oh, I'm not sweating enough, but it's really hot out here and humid out here. Don't take it for granted. And some people say, oh, it's just the elderly. It's just the elderly. We have to take care of our elders. That's only the thing. No, anyone can get a heat stroke. Anyone right? And I don't even know how long they can last or does it go for days? Does it go for, you know, a week or a month? I'm sure it's not a month, but surely, surely we should know so much more about it. So if you want to know more, uh, just go to alinahealth.org. Or of course, um, as he mentioned, you can always, um, um, go to visit um, Alina Health and find out from some of the doctors how, how they see it, what they think should be done about it. Um, it's just not something we should ignore. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We should not ignore it. So look it up. If you didn't get a chance to get all the symptoms today, look it up and pay attention. Share it with everybody you know. Thank goodness for email, text, and all of that. Um, just keep sharing it. Even put it on Facebook Put it on social media. Let people know heat strokes are real, and this is what you need to pay attention to. Why not? We should at least look after each other, and not just after our family, those in our nucleus. No, go out and those elderly people in your neighborhood, knock on the door, make sure they're okay. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back.
It is now 749 here at WCCO. Welcome back. As we listen to the doctor um, really talk about heat stroke, we've heard about it. I can remember hearing about it when I was growing up, when I was in junior high school, high school, and I couldn't wear pants because the the uh, religion, the faith, uh, the denomination that I was in just would not allow women to wear pants or shorts or anything like that. So either it was kulaks. Remember that, ladies? <laughs> kulaks. Now they call them skorts, I think. And um, it was really interesting because so many would get, um, maybe they didn't know it was, you know, maybe they don't know it was heat stroke, but, you know, you could see people turning a little reddish and, you know, they'd be really hot and you didn't really know what to do. And then all of a sudden we started hearing about what we should do about it. What's really cool is that weather.gov, again, that's weather.gov, has a whole list of stories of people who have had um, heat strokes. And these heat victims have really told their stories uh, very clearly. Like Sam and Emma Johnson in 1988, they said, I would like to tell you a story about my uncle in the summer of 1988. My uncle was an umpire for the Little League on Saturday. He spent too much time in the sun and got severe, severe sunburn. He decided the best plan was to moisturize his damaged skin. He chose to use Vaseline as a moisturizer. He didn't know that Vaseline would trap in the heat. Now, this caused his internal temperature to rise, um, and the grandmother, his grandmother realized what was happening. She put him in an ice bath and tried to remove the Vaseline. It was clear he needed more help, but the result was an emergency room trip due to heat stroke, right? So a lot of people that listen to this may say, oh, please, it's not that bad. Well, how about this one? In 2013, um, Kellen Barrett says, I was working on an interstate construction project doing heavy labor. As the day went on, it got to be 105 with a heat index of 112. I neglected to hydrate enough. I collapsed at 2.30 p.m. and had to be taken to the hospital. Okay, I have often said, Jonathan, when you look at the construction workers on a really hot day, I mean, they've got the clothes, they've got the vest, they've got the, the hard hat and all of that on, the boots, because they have to stay safe as well. And I've often wondered, how in the world do they hydrate enough? You know, how do they, how do they keep something like heat stroke away? And I don't know how that works yet, but I can see how someone would put that story on here. Michael Nunn you, you is know, another that one. Would be, that would be a good thing to bring up to our producers, or our producers, your producers, mm-hmm. um, of which Craig I am. Craig Schofer and Chris Tubbs yes. and you. Mm-hmm. Why not, off of the back of this interview, have someone from MnDOT or someone from one of these road construction teams come on to talk about the process of how they get out there on the roadways. Again, asphalt coming down only adds to the heat that's going to be radiated from the sun. Right. It's it's like when, and I'll bring a sports analogy to it, you know, surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like when all these uh, football teams and baseball teams were playing on these astroturf stadiums in the 70s and 80s into the 90s. Mm-hmm. where you would have temperatures on a day just in Kansas City. The baseball stadium, well, both stadiums were, were AstroTurf through the 80s. And you'd have days in the summer, August days, where it'd get up to 95, 98 degrees. And on the field, it might be, that AstroTurf might be as hot as 130 or 140. Mm-hmm. And so 
you you have to realize that when you're dealing with laying tar and laying concrete, that's going to help absorb some of that heat and radiated more. The heat the heat island effect that we talk about so much in these urban areas and cities because there's so much concrete, because there's so much asphalt. Just think about having to lay that down because it's hot tar. It's hot uh, uh, surface that you're laying on these streets, and it's just only cooking, making the, the cooking temperature, so to speak, even more so, even higher. So yeah. it's not just the fact that you get days that are 100 do it with, with 105, 110 heat index. you got to in, add in that hot, the, the hot equipment, the hot tar, all that stuff that's going into the, the road construction. Yeah, I was in Kauai um, one, I think it was spring, and it was really hot there. And the sands um, on, you know, right off um, the island, you could, couldn't could walk on the sand with bare feet. It was so hot. And I've experienced that twice. I know better now. I do not walk on the sun on a hot, walk on the sand on a hot day because you don't know how much that sun has beat up that sand. And before you know it, you step on it, and you like, ouch, ouch. I had a couple of blisters from that. And so a lot of us don't, we're not quite sure on how it all works, but it's very real. That's the thing is that we need to understand that heat victims, heat strokes are not a joke. Don't think of it as just for the elderly. It's for everyone. I just want to keep stressing that anyone can get heat stroke and some get very sick and are in the hospital for longer than you know. So please, please, please be aware and, and I don't know, do we get, like, heat stroke warnings, Jonathan, when it comes to um, giving us the weather forecast? That, do they often that is say not, that? That is not something that is officially given. We don't have heat stroke warnings. What it is is it's kind of an addendum to heat indexes and heat indices. When you When you talk about heat indexes going above 95 into triple digits, that's when you'll have – in addition to the warning just saying, hey, it's going to be hot outside, they also say this will increase your chances for heat stroke, for heat. And, and we, we keep saying heat stroke. I'm trying to remember the other, the other term. Um, heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion, which can lead to heat stroke. So those are things that it's kind of implied. If you're going to have these heat indices this high, it's implied, hey, you're going to be at greater risk. Anybody, like you said, anybody is going to be at greater risk for heat stroke, for heat exhaustion. So you need to stay hydrated, stay indoors if you can, stay as cool as possible. That's If you if you have to be outside, maybe stay in the shade, that sort of stuff. But there is no warning, official warning for heat exhaustion or for heat stroke. Yeah, and just about every one of these uh, stories, these small stories, they talk about being nauseous and dizzy and, you know, falling to their knees. And, you know, I, I mean, this is so real. And so I don't know how much you should drink. They just say drink more fluids. What type of fluids? Is it water? Is it a certain type of water? Is it juice water. Gatorade? Gatorade was the thing that people told me about years ago. It's like, and I'm like, but it's got a lot of salt in it. You sure? Well, they, right? <laughs> it's because of the electrolytes. It's because because it, that oh, yeah. and and pedialyte, pedialyte is another oh one that has a lot of electrolytes has, to help yeah, you replenish. Yeah, I think those. it has usurped um, Gatorade. I really think in, it in has. ways it has. And yeah. but 
the the main one always, always, always is going to be water. Water, water, there water, 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 water. There you go. Thanks so much, Jonathan. We're going to take a break and then come back with our 8 o'clock hour in just a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.